Hi listeners, uh, before we start the episode, this episode is sponsored by the Carlisle Brewing Company. Ooh, we're, we're, we're sponsored! We're <laughs> legit! We are too legit to quit now. We're yeah. sponsored! We're forced not to quit now, Yay! due to our legitness. And is beer the best kind of sponsor? Exactly. We'll, uh, we'll explain a little bit more to you as the episode goes on. Woo! Season two of A Space for Oddities, episode one of season two, A Space for Oddities. And I am Katie, and this episode, I am the teacher. I'm Vincent, and this episode, I will be the student. (laughs) What are you teaching me about today? I'm teaching you about British folklore aesthetics. 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 I was going to struggle saying that. Yeah, I say... Aesthetics. 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 But I hear aesthetics. Aesthetics. Oh, I'm really thinking about it now. It's like, I think it's American and English, isn't it? Yeah. Which I don't really mind until it becomes the difference between Asperger's and Asperger's. My Asperger's. (laughs) My Asperger's. You shouldn't have burgers there. Oh, or if your ass is made of two giant... Burger patties. Oh, Ooh, that's juicy. tasty. Yeah. Oh, that bit of cheese melting on them. <laughs> but we don't need to even worry about America today because no. we're looking at British folklore. Sorry, I, I really British did folklore. quite quickly there. Oh, my word. Come on. Come <laughs> on, student. Where is my apple? And I'll not give you the dunce hat. There, there is an apple. There just is actually right. an apple there. It's, <laughs> it's been nice. in this studio for like a week, so I wouldn't touch it. It's got a cute little dimple. It's cute. It's more of a dint where I dropped it on a paintbrush. <laughs> a paintbrush. <laughs> Right, well, folklore. Mm-hmm. We're talking folklore. I think I've mentioned folklore once or twice in season one. You're kind of my go-to person for folklore. <gasps> Ooh, that's a res- that great folklore responsibility comes great folklore power. I like I like the idea of like the people that would hold you to accountability of your folklore would be like Margaret from like a posh village and like <laughs> Dennis who's totally insane but loves Morris dancing. Oh my goodness, do sound like a right good crow. Dennis the insane um, Morris dancing man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something I'm really interested in. I think folklore is so good that it's a way to look into our history and often it's like the history of the everyday folk folklore mm-hmm. as well. And I feel like with British folklore as well, we've got a really nice connection with nature and weird shit. Um, Is that not prevalent in all folklore? No, I guess yeah. it's not. Well, well, well. We, 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 we oh, sorry, I was kind of jumping ahead. We might, we might get to that. <laughs> we might get to it. Well, we might, we may not. But yeah. So I mean, to look at folk, British folklore as a thing within itself mm-hmm. in like an hour-long podcast. I was going to say, it's a bit hard to condense, isn't it? So, I'm mean, just not going to do it any justice, and there's some fantastic podcasts out there just about it. Uh, I think Fair Folk 
podcast is quite a famous one. That's mm-hmm. quite one of the top dogs. Fair That's folk. Fair folk. Like. I like I like it that they're being fair to it. <laughs> yeah. Like fair trade. I think it's meant to be like fair as in I'm going to the fair. Ooh. Ooh, isn't she going to the fair? With their <laughs> podcast. Ooh. Well, I mean, I must admit, just to just to get um to break the 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 fourth wall, uh, auditory wall, we are going to the fair because now we've got soundproofing. Ooh. We've got all sorts. Vinny's really upped his game yeah, for season I've, two. Uh, for season two, I have got two very old squares <laughs> of acoustic foam that are just lent against the windowsill. It's quite, it's quite the upgrade. It is. It, it, it feels good. It feels good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're going to look at aesthetics mm. uh, of folklore, which is quite a specific thing. But, you know, we're a creativity podcast. We're all about those aesthetics. Show you know, you go into Pinterest yes. and you sort of go, oh, British folklore. And then you go, oh, aesthetic. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see like someone's home decorated really nicely. And then on the wall, there's like a photoshopped imprint of like a witch hanging or something. <laughs> yeah. A witch hanging, what, like on a noose? Yeah. Like oh. the Pendle witches yeah. or something. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was very aesthetic. Oh, very aesthetic. Very aesthetic. The last witch is hung in this country. How aesthetic. <laughs> How aesthetic. Oh, my word. <laughs> Why did I choose to do this? <laughs> Kick me off. Because, by the way, we should preface this that... I'm I'm totally ignorant of folklore. Although me and Katie have been friends for a long time. Yeah. I, it's kind of like a, like a religion to me. I'm like, I just don't get it. I just can't just, get into it. Do you not? I just don't get maybe it. Maybe it's the aesthetics that will get you into May, it. Maybe it will. I'll let you be my guiding light. This is it. This is it. Well, I mean, so what is folklore? What When I say, this is, this is right, I'm going to do some proper teaching here. All right. When I say folklore, what do you think of? When I say folklore, you, you say... say tales from the common folk that have a mystical property yeah that's great it doesn't really fit into like a chant very well does it no i'm gonna say you you say what is folklore what is folklore it is myths legends customs stories ceremonies musics musics multiple of music recipes rituals folk tales visual visual representations old tradition go tigers So a podcast is very suitable, actually, since it's an oral tradition, mm, folklore. Yeah, the word that I couldn't figure out last season. Yes, <laughs> we finally got there. Uh, and I feel like for this podcast, we I'm gonna want I want to differentiate us between folklore aesthetics mm. versus folk art. Oh, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I would split the two of those. Yeah. So obviously, <clears throat> excuse me. I've defined folklore. Yes. We've we sort of got a fit, we're vibe. We're vibing with folklore. We're groovy. It's basically stories. Um, <laughs> but folk art. Now I'm going to reel off some bits. And the Museum of Folk Art. You know, we're looking at it. Could be decorative. It could be useful. It could be every day. It could be for high ceremonies. It could be handmade. It could be useful within a community or practice. It could be learned formally or informally. It may include may include intangible forms of expressive culture like dance, song, poetry, and foodways. It's traditional. It reflects shared cultural aesthetics and social issues. It is by of for the people, all the people, inclusive of class, status, culture, community, ethnicity, gender, and religion. Oh my God. That was the biggest list anyone has ever read to me. <sighs> like the two lists, com- like <laughs> was your research for this podcast just writing enormous lists? It was. I mean, I, I have, yeah. When we start this podcast, we're like, well, stick to one page of yeah, A4, yeah. and then I have four pages of A4, and we're, all of which are just enormous lists yeah, read at breakneck speed. I'm, I'm just not bothered. I've just copied and pasted lists <laughs> off other people's websites. So really, 
the folklore is a purposeful creation of art of like most commonly i would say folk art and naive art outside of art it's common people informally trained or sort of coming from an alternative background is like say you and me uh, and you know you're talking folk art is like you know the the enamel kettles you have on a narrowboat yes we've we said this before like jugs and things like that yeah. it's where it's um coming to things of a more pure aspect of creativity it's not Whereas I might do something because I've been inspired by a previous artist mm. that I know, because me and Katie both went to art school. Um, you, what you're saying here is folk art is more stuff created for a purpose or created as a, just a pure expression of creativity. Yeah, not, yeah. Not an influenced thing. I think I think there's an influence of previous folk art, but that, I mean... But it's, can... not, it's not high art. It's not conceptual. No, no, it's no. just making it because they want to. Well, some can be conceptual, especially oh, okay. contemporary folk art because it's becoming quite a thing now with Ooh. that side of art and stuff. But I think all, all we need to think about as folk art today is its purposeful creation, mm-hmm. whereas I want to look at the incidental aesthetics oh my that God. come from myths, legends, and rituals. Incidental aesthetics? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So it's a bit challenging, and I may stray into the path of just folk art itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a weird, amorphous, tangible blob of uh, do you remember those aliens that used to come stick them in the fridge stick them in the fridge have babies have babies never did but everyone swears they did well my cousin shout out um she showed me one and she stuck a thumb through the head and it looked like there was something in the head but i obviously because i was like six i went oh, oh so i was one of the people going back to school saying oh my god my cousin's aliens pregnant <laughs> despite the fact they were just like crude oil shaped into like yeah. a glob it's no wonder what we're all riddled with diseases playing with crude oil. Did you ever like throw one at the wall? <laughs> I, do you know, that oh. is, I, and it go. Oh, but like the oil marks it would leave on the wall. Oh my god! I never Whoa. got so told off as much as I did that day. So oily. Well, I covered my room in blue tack as well, so oh, okay. my walls were pretty you slick. Were, you were already, <laughs> you were already like, you were past that. I was greasy walls because of all that blue tack. But yeah, so we it, it's a bit of a strange idea and I don't know whether it was overly ambitious to say incidental aesthetics, but that's what we're going for. Okay. So that's that's, that's our introduction. Oh, cool. da, 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 da. Not that we need to conclude it, but... <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Get, the, get the French horn out. There we go. Right, okay. Refresh your uh, popcorn bowls. Oh, yes. Get your popcorn bowl out. Very nice. And I mean, we're talking, you know, let's look a little bit at British folklore before we look at the aesthetics. And there's such a rich wealth of folklore, you know, in every region, every country, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. England. England. (laughs) The one we're in. The one we're in. (laughs) Twice we had Wales, but sure. Twice. You know, Wales is England, isn't it? Oh. Oh. We're going to get fired. That's it. I should be in the noose now. So, yeah. So, each, even each town has its own identity. And, I mean, you know, I'm going to hit you with some biggies. All right. Some some big baddies of of British folklore. Key key folks, you know, we've got witches. Yeah. We've got Robin Hood. Yeah. You need no introduction. King Arthur, yep. the Beast of Bodmin Moor, which uh, I think I've, I've heard mentioned. you say the Beast of Bodmin. I'm a bit obsessed with God, the Beast I don't of... know what that is. Oh my goodness, I, 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 I thought I saw the Beast of Bodmin Moor once. We at, were camping. At, at Bodmin Moor? We were camping on Bodmin Moor. Where's Bodmin Moor? Oh, it's in Cornwall or Devon. 
Mm. It's in the West Country. You're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble here. <laughs> Wales is England. Don't know the difference between Cornwall no, and Devon. No, I know. I know. I did GCSE geography as well. GCSE geography? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I, I wasn't. We didn't go to the same high school, but Katie looked at me for reassurance, <laughs> as if I had a copy of her GCSEs in front of me. No, I, I thought I'd send geography, geography. <laughs> for some reason, that's actually my indie band, geography, geography. Geography, oh, that'd be such a good indie band. All we do is play math rock, but say words about geographical things. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was all about human geography. Oh, okay. That's yeah. the best geography. Is human geography, population. Population. Oh. <laughs> That's my indie band, yeah. I love it. We've got a lot of influence from Devo. Oh, I love it. Uh, We need some... um, Oh, 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 some boiler suits that are made out of maps. Yes. Oh, yes. Right, well, that's sorted. Uh, More big baddies of... uh, Well, they're not baddies. We've got elves, we've got fairies, we've got dragons, we've got the green man. Yes. Featured in Carl Cathedral, no less. Is he? There is green men. Oh. There is green men. And, you know, we've got the fantastical um, and then the more based on real history. So, like, your Robin Hood, King Arthur yep. versus dragons. Uh, could be based on nature, ancient beliefs, superstitions, all of that sort of crack. And does this lean into paganism? Or is that overstepping oh. the mark? Oh, well, there's quite a big crossover to that. Ooh. And if you look here on my notes... Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. It's in all caps, so you know it's business. Yeah, oh yeah. I almost uh, colour-coded it. But for to start us off, I want to go a bit more of a deep dive into one particular piece of folklore. Okay, I'm ready. Just to give people more deeper context. If they're coming in pure fresh to folklore, I want to hit you. Just give me a sec. Oh my goodness, what was that? That's me settling into my personal one-man submarine to deep dive oh, into what the story you're about to tell me am i now going to shrink you down and you're going to go into my bloodstream yes and unclog all of my arteries um i can't promise that oh i could start like maybe to make some blood clots or you're gonna make some blood clots yeah well i'm a submarine in your bloodstream <laughs> this like, is true i no, should you're, not be there no you're that tiny like you're the so magic tiny. school bus you're so tiny so tiny okay, all right all right let me shrink down yeah that was great that was good i I should be a foley artist so we're going to look at a cumbian example oh one that i've been and visited actually twice it's beautiful uh have you heard of long meg and her daughters i've also been to visit this oh damn damn before you start let me let me retell a little tale me me (laughs) me and my wife my wife (laughs) to uh we we went to go see long meg and her daughters and mm. it was because we were doing a walk around that. It's in Little Solkeld, is it? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And we, we were looking around and we were looking at the cupping on the stone and things like mm. that. And then a car like fired into this field that what? it's in. You know, there's like a little road by the there side There is. It. It, like, it fired in at like 40 miles an hour. And that is a really bumpy That's... road. Like absolutely Rough. fired in. And then this woman and her husband jumped out of it as fast as they could, sat under a tree and started beating a drum very, very calmly. Boom, 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 boom. But it was such a contrast. And we were like, what's happening? What and it was because, or at least this is what I think, because I didn't ask them. They were very, you know, very focused on this slight drum tapping. Mm. It was because it was perfectly midday mm. and there was a shadow being cast from Long Meg to one of the daughters. And ah. I think it was like a ceremonial thing. Ah. Because the way that they flew in and then suddenly went calm and just started just playing. And the drum had like a sort of tribal print on it it was almost like you know the the fidget spinners that were popular a few years ago <laughs> <laughs> that 
that was not what I was expecting you were going to say. Imagine a fidget spinner, but you take a picture of it mid-spin, so it looks like it's got tails. Oh, yes. And it, it sort of forked off in multiple directions. Yeah, yeah. And she was only tapping the very centre of it. And we were like, hmm, this is cool. Like, maybe we'll just leave. Oh, that's such an authentic long leg experience. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, yeah, it's, it's a really famous standing stone circle in Cumbria. I think only second to Castle Rig which is probably the most famous one. Yeah, I would say so. But long Meg, so it's like big old long Meg. She's bloody big and all, isn't she? Yeah. And then another, and she's overlooking this little circle of things. And it's a good example of folklore because there's a few variations on the myth ah, of okay. long Meg. So the, the one of them is a group of witches were turned to stone uh, by a wizard, of course, by of a course. wizard, uh, because they were dancing on the Sabbath. A lot of stone circles... You've got somebody dancing on the Sabbath. It might be a Ugh. wedding party is a famous one that a lot of stone circles use, you know. But this is a group of witches, and it is said the stones cannot be counted. And if anybody is able to count them twice and come to the same amount, the spell will be broken, or it will bring very bad luck, or you do you if you count them correctly first time and you put your ear to Long Meg, you'll hear a whisper... Or you might do it correctly and you'll turn into one of the stones. Now, I'm just going to cause a little bit of shadow doubt on this. I've, now, what you're describing, it sounds like thousands of stones. Oh, there's, there's enough. The, I would say there's at least seven. No, there's, there is like 30. <laughs> do you think? Yeah, there's Maybe loads. I'm misremembering it. There's loads. I don't remember there being so many that I couldn't count. There's them. loads of little ones. Scattered uh, about. Like little pebbles and you've missed one. And you're like, oh no, I've got to start again. <laughs> just literally just a pile of pebbles in this farmer's field. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, bloody hell. So yeah, so there's all this sort of going on. Would you Would you like me to read out a poem? I would love that. About Long Meg. I, I would love that. I will stay silent and in post I will put in a nice little... Oh, yes. I could use that for my audio portfolio sound reel. That'd be <laughs> Which great. you're definitely going to send out to other breweries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, this, is, this, this is what you're sponsoring, chaps, is me. Well, you can, I could do some more yodeling okay. if they want. Hold on. Let me give you a nice little introduction. This evening we have Katie Locke. Katie Locke is going to read a folklore poem for you all. Go away with this one, Katie Locke. Ahem, ahem, ahem. The Monument, commonly called Long Meg, by William Wordsworth, 1822. A weight of awe not easy to be borne fell suddenly upon my spirit, cast from the dread bosom of the unknown past. When I first saw that family forlorn, speak thou whose massy strength and stature scorn, the power of years, preeminent and placed apart, to overlook the circle vast. Speak, giant mother, tell it to the morn. When she dispels the cumbrous shades of night, let the moon hear, emerging from a cloud, at whose behest uprose on British ground, that sisterhood in hieroglyphic round, foreshadowing, some have deemed the infinite, the inviolable god that tames the proud. Well, that was cool. Yeah. That is very, I like that you're very dark reading of it. Mm. I also love that you absolutely fumbled your way through this list of common British words, <laughs> but an old English style poem, you're like, oh yes, I'll do that with gusto. I, I'm not going to lie, Vinny, I've practiced it. Oh, have you? I've practiced it. Okay. And it's a poem I'm familiar with. I, I struggle with poetry. Uh, I don't often get most poetry, but this one I do mm -hmm. and I get it and I... 
appreciate it and I get why people like poetry because of this poem. Yeah, I, it's one of I, the top ones. I struggle with, um, although it's not in the same universe, I struggle with musicals because I struggle to understand the context of hearing the lyrics and then understanding what it means. Yes. So yes. the same with poetry. I follow the stanzas, but I don't follow the overarching mm. um, sort of dictation that they're going mm. for, what they're trying to say overall. But no, I sort of got that. And it even spoke about the infinite counting, like you could never count them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's really cool. He's like, he's actually got it bang on. So yeah. So yeah, so folklore. You feel feel a bit more confident about folklore now? Yeah, I well... To be slightly cynical about it, I have a little bit more trust in it that Wordsworth gave it some value as well. Yeah. You know, like, that he was quite an eminent person of his day, mm. so for him to give it some weight, then sure, I'll trust it a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Wordsworth, I mean, anything Cumbria-based, though, innit? It's, Wordsworth. It is. It's like he just did a tour of the county, got yeah. off the bus and went, ooh, bit of dog poo here. Uh, I wonder if I could write about that. Ooh, that's good. He would just go around going, oh, oh, come here, oh, come here, oh, come here, please, I want some more poems. <laughs> so that was what Wordsworth was doing. Mm. I've visited Dove Cottage. I think I tell, yes, you I'm tell you this, very nice. We should, oh, we should get sponsored by Dove Cottage. <laughs> anyway. if, you're, if you're listening, Wordsworth, from the grave. <laughs> the ghost of Wordsworth is here with us today. He's here with us this evening. He's He's left the church in Grasmere and... Um, <laughs> If he's here, join us and sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Right, are you ready? I'm ready. You... What, wait, what am I ready for? I keep saying that every time I do a new section. I'm I, I almost committed to a completely unknown fate. <laughs> You're going to clip my toenails for me. Oh. <laughs> that would be so horrible. If I like, made you clip On my toenails. On the podcast as well. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the clippings just flying into four corners of your <laughs> studio. <laughs> Like hard bits of metal. <laughs> oh, do you know what they should invent? I think this. This is my time to pitch it now. This okay. is my time on the airwaves. It's a tiny little tent that you put your hands and your feet in. So when you clip your toenails, they don't go flying to the four corners of the world. They all stay in this little tent. <laughs> does, it, does it need to specifically be a tent? Are you going to do recreational activities with your hands and feet? Well, I mean, the cutting the toenail is. Could you just use a bag? <laughs> <laughs> has never been a might say yeah yeah <laughs> give me your modern technology of your computers and your bags dear me so we're gonna look at aesthetics okay oh yes i'm ready for that i'm getting us back on track yeah. <laughs> um and let's look at <laughs> so i feel like folklore from different countries has different aesthetics so when you look at say baba yaga mm -hmm. or sort of polish folklore or eastern european folklore for example it's going to look different to British folklore. If you typed in now Polish folklore versus British folklore, you're going to get a different vibe, a different atmosphere. And it's it's just purely because of the differences between cultures, I assume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think within British one, and especially from my own experiences, I see a lot of nature, animals, um, flowers, combinations of the above, as well as obviously you've got your Robin Hood, your King Arthur, but a lot of stuff like your Beast of Bodmin and more. Elves, fairies, dragons, green man, you know, they're all nature based. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. And it's because what have we got a lot of? Sun and rain. There we go. Yeah. There you go. Nature. I think, especially, um, we used to be a very, well, we still are, but even more so, deeply agricultural nation. Yeah. You know, we're losing that a little bit, but that was very much the way for many years, wasn't it? Especially when folklore would have had its real grips in, in the community. Yeah, yeah. 
um, and and with the weather as well. So I feel like you know your, your farmers in Spain they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be bloody roasting up. Yeah, like oh, I wonder what tomorrow's weather's going to be. Actually, no, I know exactly what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, whereas Britain, it's, you're going to have four different weathers. Within Especially the day. if you're in Cumbria like us. Oh my goodness, yeah. So you get a lot of superstitions and beliefs around weather. So red sky at night, mm-hmm. farmer's delight. Um, I know why that works as well. Do you know? It's well, something. Is it the oxygen in the air or something? Yeah. So so what it is is that uh, our weather weather system here in Britain, because it only really applies to Britain because it's kind of a British thing. Mm. Our weather system comes in from the west and moves over to the east. So if in the evening you can see red sky, it's because the sun is setting behind you. And lighting up the particles as they come towards you. Ah. So, but if you see red sky in the morning, that means that the particles are moving away from you. So it means the weather's changing. Ah, I like that. I like yeah. that sort of movement. And it's, I think that's such a good example of British folklore and being informed by nature. Because everybody knows that. Like I didn't really take that as folklore, but everybody knows red sky. Yeah, at night. yeah. A red, right, red sky in the morning. Farmers are a morning. Oh. Is that is that the version you know? No, no, I just made that up. Then. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I, just... I, was, I was like, oh, I'm sure it's Shepherd's Warning, but sure. <laughs> I'm just going to riff. I'm just going to riff. Um, this has turned into like a slam poetry podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I'm kidding you with some uh, Wordsworth. <laughs> really uh, going to, yeah, win the poetry slam with um, Wordsworth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no offense, Wordsworth. Please still sponsor us. Um, yeah, a lot of animals, a lot of weird combinations of animals, uh, unicorns, you know, all of that sort of crack. Uh, and I think I'm going to hit you with another example. Oh, do the, it. The Bury Man in Edinburgh. The Bury Man. I think I've mentioned this as well to you, you before. When we, were, when we were sat at our favourite local pub, the King's Head, um, we were sat outside in the smoking area mm. and we were talking about it. And I didn't understand it at all. So I'm waiting for you to explain it. <laughs> well, the Burryman is still a ritual that lives to this day, in fact. Oh, it's cool. still going. It's really cool. And it's a fellow, absolutely head to toe. Everything, apart from his eyes and his mouth holes, uh, are covered with burrs. Do you know those sticky seed heads of the burdock plant that are like spiky and yeah. stick to you? They always get on your clothes. They all, or they always get. I always find them. They all get taffled up in my shoelaces. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. bootlaces. So he's absolutely covered, and like big versions how, as well. How? Like how is he covered? <laughs> so it's sort of like he wears a onesie and then like a, a ski mask. Oh, okay. And they literally just stick to him. Yeah, so I was going to say it couldn't him. be his bare skin. No, unless oh he's my sort goodness. of a carpet-based human. Oh my goodness! I think maybe in the past it might have been. Uh, <laughs> no and he and he also holds up two massive large sticks covered in flowers that two other gentlemen hold and that's how they help him walk right so he's got these massive flowery staffs and he's absolutely covered head to toe in these burrs and he's the berry man <laughs> i'd love to have seen that completely like unknowledgeable about what it is <laughs> you just turn the corner onto the royal mile and there's a man covered in burrs just walking towards you with two huge sticks yeah it looked like sort of agricultural gandalf was coming for you oh it looks quite scary actually it looks like especially if, you, if i was a kid and you didn't know what was happening you'd be a bit like what <laughs> yeah, like... the hell is that <laughs> it's um, it's really cool and you know one idea was you know uh, the the meaning of it's got lost over the years as yeah. with so much folklore it changes and all of that uh, and it was ward, to ward off evil spirits mm-hmm. um, you know it's a pagan tradition that's years old and it's maybe it's a symbol of rebirth and regeneration fertility 
or maybe he's a scapegoat uh, for all the town's sins, or maybe mm-hmm. even originally it might have been a sacrificial victim, something well, like that. I think I think that's why folklore is interesting because it's always told by to you by another person. Mm. Whereas whereas history is written in a book and you take the history as what you were told in a book. This this can be this person might have a different perspective on it to the person that told them it before. So you're mm. always going to have it changing person by person and like you say the meaning can get lost oh absolutely but there's no there's no reason it can't mean out all of those things yeah yeah absolutely and you know maybe modern day some people might believe it but some people just think it's a cool fun ritual that you want to keep going i mean other than other than the guy covered in burrs who might be a bit sweaty for the day it's not really hurting anyone is it no no it's good crack and and you know there's a lovely little video on youtube about it and the whole town still really vibe with it and they give him little um like for a store little drums of whiskey to keep oh, right. him going through the day so, so it's a guy covered <laughs> head to toe <laughs> completely pissed as a fart <laughs> yeah, in, man. yeah walking with two huge sticks that's probably the only reason he still stood up if they're just feeding mm, him whiskey yeah by the by the end of the day he's probably quite he's, he's quite a big fella yeah so he could probably take quite a bit of whiskey by the looks of it he's, <laughs> he's not like a little wisp of a man I was going to say, how do you get to be the Burman? I don't know. I think he's been doing it for years and years, and I think you've got to be for. I think it's a specific part of Edinburgh as well. I can't remember now, but you've got to be from there all your life and still be there and an active member of the community and right, okay, quite a, a big tough fella to to, to do it as well. <laughs> I just imagine like when this guy passes away, there's just been like a meeting in the town hall and they're just looking for the most burly <laughs> local to pass it on to. Who's the, who's the artist? Poor Neil's like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's been dragged and, and he's like people. Are sticking burrs on him yeah. you will be the bowie man let's see how it sticks to him <laughs> he's a natural <laughs> yeah look at it look at he's <laughs> rolling about in the burrs but that you know we're looking at the uh, nature the local nature of the burrs informing some british folklore oh, okay. happening or let's call it scottish folklore as well give them a proper shout out so and then the nature through the what we're using is burrs thus dictates the aesthetic of the things that the flowers are using for the sticks, you're not going to just get some lilies that they've got from the shop. They're going to use local ah, wildflowers. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. All of yeah. that. So that's starting to inform us. I mean, you look at this, you think, oh, that looks quite Scottish because it's like the burdock plant. And they might have like thistles and things yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to another example. Okay. I'm bursting. Hit I'm me bursting. We've got well dressing in the Peak District. Well dressing. Well dressing. So as in well, as in you're getting water out of it oh okay yeah not just dressing well (laughs) (laughs) all those people in the peak district their outfits are lit they look absolutely smoking hot famously so the peak district (laughs) very fashionable (laughs) very fashionable peak district where folks create these very very ornate huge designs that maybe on on like a big board to decorate water sources using local flowers Cool. Uh, speculated that it began as a pagan custom to say thanks for like, oh, reliable water, thank you. Uh, or they're saying, whoa, yeah, um, pure water after the Black Death. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm doing thumbs up, by the way. Yeah, this yeah. Is, I was trying to... Katie was really selling this idea of, of water and I was like, I mean, they're in the Peak District. Like, they're going to have a good source of water very close to them in all occasions. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, And then you were like, after the Black Death. And it kind of took a bit of a trail <laughs> the downwards. The Black Death. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> and I think that's something. I mean, they've got more Nate as the years go on uh, through history. Uh, but nature is something that I think, again, with 
sort of folk, um, it's for the folk, is everything can everybody can access it. So I not might be able to decorate my well with gold and fine diamonds, but I can grow, pick, arrange, find, forage some beautiful flowers. Yeah, to it's, be it's, like, big it's inclusive, it's easy to enter. And do you know, you've just reminded me, I know a bit of folklore that I partake in, which is very easy to Ooh. do. Cairns. <gasps> oh, I yes! I hadn't even thought about it. Yes! Uh, if you don't know what these are, um, they, I believe they're predominantly Cumbrian, but they've, they've travelled around the world. The idea is a cairn is when you reach the summit of a fell, or anything in particular of you know reasonable size there'll be a stack of stones from largest to smallest mm. and that is a cairn and what you can do is you can go and find a stone and pop it on top and you can add to the cairn and i, I love them i think they're like a perfect sort of symbol of community it's not mm. requiring anything of anyone mm. other than just to participate yeah that's really nice and again dictated by the nature around you so you might yeah. you know in the late district you might use a bit of slate because well i mean they almost know. always they almost always start with slate because it's a good flat yeah. piece of strong stone yeah and then there you go that's dictating the aesthetic of the cairn yeah because it's the local nature around it and it's british nature which makes up the british folklore my um my passion meter for um for British folklore aesthetics is growing. Yeah, you're selling me on it. Yeah, no, well, now you know about the cans. Yeah, but we're gonna leave you all feeling all good and warm, and I think we're gonna go to the pub. Let's go to the pub. We're going to the pub. Yeah, going to the pub. Yeah, first time we're going to the pub. Yeah, first time we're going to the pub. Yeah, first time we're going to the pub. Yeah, I want another drink. <laughs> Guess the receptacle. Uh, welcome to the pretend pub. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna break tradition. I'm gonna pretend we're in a real pub today. Oh. Yeah. So a it's real pub. A real pretend. We're not pub. being silly. <laughs> so so well the, the, I, we can be a little bit silly. So what we have to drink this evening is from. Oh. Oh. It might be a bit too soft. That yeah. Means. It might it might be a bit wee inducing that. But we have um, a beer that we have been sponsored to drink oh we're sponsored baby and this beer has been presented to us in the best way it could possibly be this is carlisle brewing company's flaxen which is a light golden ale and they didn't have a receptacle for me to take it away from <laughs> the spinner's arms in cummersdale so it has been decanted into a sauvignon blanc bottle and we are drinking it out of that so we're in we're in the Spinner's Arms, which I've only been into for the first time today. Yeah. Though I've walked past it with great lust for years. Oh, with great lust, mm. as with all pubs. So as we're sat here in the Spinner's Arms, should we should we give some some tasting notes on this? Would you? Right. Okay. Should we do some really like obnoxious slurping? Oh no, because oh. I, I I I if anybody does any mouth or mouth noises in a podcast, I immediately just stop. Oh okay, let's not slurp then. But we can we can drink normal. But I'm gonna smell it first. Smells like beer. It's a, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, con- like I'm a bit congested as well today. So it's got a slight bitter taste to it, and not bitter like like a lemon, but bitter like a bitter beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, looks, a little bit creamy. I'm going for looks. I mean, I'm, it's in a dark, dark blue vessel, but it did have that really nice golden. Mine's in a nice bottle. golden oh, yellow yeah, vessel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is nice. It almost looks like apple juice. I would say is it the does, tone. It does, doesn't it? Actually, like a really nice apple juice. Now, it it would be a little bit less flat than this, but it was poured into the our wine glass about four hours ago when I went and picked it up. So, it's it's still good. It's still it just not as great as it would be if you 
went and bought a pint of it from the Spinner's Arms in Cummersdale. Because sometimes I find if something's flat, like with Coca-Cola, you taste more of it. Because hmm. I'm not tasting the carbonation. So if it's a flat, um, um, soft beverage, hmm. I taste it more. And I feel like the tastes... So I'm getting, to start with, yeah, creamy. Hmm. Quite su- I quite like a sweet bitter, but then you get the bitter out aftertaste. Have we become beer assholes in one yes. podcast? Like, I mean, we're we, doing an art podcast, Yeah, but like, Vinny. have we become like the camera beer club? <laughs> and I'll get out like a little, I'll take a picture of the clip, and then I'll write down the taste notes in a <gasps> tiny little sketchbook. Yes! And then and then we can chortle with ourselves. <laughs> oh, well, I, I once had this beer um, way down in the Eden Valley, and well, <laughs> what can I say? It's always a wonder. Thank you, Barbara. It is. It is. And I do. I am genuinely being refreshed by this. It's a bit of hair with the dog for me today. So it's just doing. I think I could do a, a, a sessioner on it. Yeah. It's a sh- session beer. Yeah. I, it's kind of a session beer for men over fifty. I would say. Mm. Like it's not a session beer for like trendy uni students. Well, I mean, we're, but then we were never those uni- people. University of Cumbria. You, you you automatically become. I mean, we've spoken about this that we we came as sort of little seasidey, boppy sort of people, and very quickly we became Lake District, uh, wearing the fleecy, yeah. going we're, for we're walks. Both fleeces, we literally yeah. went both wearing uh, nice little fleeces. I feel like this is where do you know? I love it. I'm so naturey and outdoorsy yeah, now. We're, we're quite we're quite indoctrinated, aren't we? There's sort of real ale, cozy pubs, fire going in the pub. So cozy, so cozy. I love it. Autumn, autumn. Ooh. Well, yes. Here we are in the pretend spinner's arms. Oh, cozy, cozy, where, cozy. Un- unlike the real spinner's arms, everybody's arms are spinning violently. Oh my goodness, like little two little windmills. Yeah, like like just consistently. Like it was really hard to get these drinks from the bartender. Oh my um, goodness. She was she was essentially everywhere. throwing it at me. Sloshing everywhere. You know that trick where you spin a bucket and you do it so oh, fast yes. that the oh, water no, it doesn't, doesn't come slush. out. It's fine. Well, yeah, so it's she's fine. So, I had to like centrifugal force. I had to I had to meet the speed of my spinning arm <laughs> to meet hers to take it off her well the thing is as well though because she's a robot yeah on, like she's on one giant wheel <laughs> <laughs> so she she could keep up <laughs> she could keep up the the action without her shoulder getting God, tired i was trying to keep it somewhat real and then because this lovely woman served me today to give me this beer <laughs> Um, <laughs> because she's a robot of course obviously. I mean I immediately pictured her yeah. as like do you know like a sort of sort of sexy nurse robot mm. but on a giant wheel wow that's what I, <laughs> that's what I pictured she's spinning this bucket yeah a bucket of beer <laughs> but I have to I have to spin my arm the yeah, other yeah. way to get like a little a little scoop of beer <laughs> yeah you have to <laughs> gnash in there best bit though is she's wearing do you know like um a work polo shirt yeah. and she's got Carlisle Brewing Company Carlisle Brewing Company embroidered uh, right across the chest oh lovely beautiful right, right on the uh, lovely <laughs> sexy robot boobs yeah, of the, the robot the cold cold oh, God. robot boobs <laughs> uh, she she she. If, if you give her a squeeze from the right way she does produce flax and beer yes um but we've just got it out of the bucket because she's decanted some into the bucket <laughs> after being squeezed particularly right for a long period of time. Yeah. And then and then you realised, oh mate, I need to put that in a wine bowl. Yeah, <laughs> the only suitable way to decant this is a wine bowl. It, it is, it is. I mean, how else? A have wine bottle, man will travel. I've, the I, famous <laughs> phrase. I mean, in the real spinner's arms, when I collected yes. this beer um, to take us away from the uh, <laughs> fabricated spinner's arms. 
I've never had a guy playing pool look at me so insane. So <laughs> insane? Honestly, he was he, he was setting up his shot. He'd just set up the, the triangle with all the balls in. Yeah. I don't know the correct term for that. No. Queuing up. Yeah. But he once he lifted that, he was facing me perfectly as he watched me take a wine bottle full of beer <laughs> from the bar without paying. Yeah, without I should, paying. I should mention that had been decanted into it from a famous grouse gravy jug. <laughs> <laughs> a basic he probably thought is that whiskey what the hell is that just, he was just looking at me like what kind of order has this person made <laughs> to, to, re- to receive this yeah and not, not to mention that to get into Cummersdale where this pub is there's a steep incline from oh the it's path. a very famously so steep incline I was I was sweating like a pig at an abattoir <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> receiving this wine bottle full of beer <laughs> <laughs> Sweating like a fat lass at a disco mm. is the one my dad uses. Yeah, I I tried to steer it away from misogyny, but if you want to bring it back, to no, me, that's as, fine. And as a, as a fat lass myself, I can, <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed, allowed to say you, it. You're in that club. I have been at the club. I, that's I, where we're going after the pub. Into I'm going to do some sweating at a disco. Hey, we could do that to, to timestamp it. There is an Elvis fronted Nirvana tribute playing this evening. Is there? Yeah. Oh, why we're not there? Well, we can be. <laughs> Let's hot foot it now. In our mind. Right, we better get on with this podcast so we can get and see yeah. look at that for a link what a professional uh, we better go back and do some podcasting let's leave uh, use, d- drinking arms. some delicious flaxen beer <laughs> <laughs> I've, been lo- I've been watching a lot of Tim and Eric at the minute so mm. you can tell I'm, I'm making a lot of <clears throat> noises because they do mm. Ooh, yeah baby right and we're back <laughs> Right, well, poof, that was quite a, a roller coaster. Yeah. Of a pretend pub, I must admit. Yeah, it was um it was much more robotic than I <laughs> much more <laughs> originally planned. There's a lot more robots than uh, than initially planned. Well, we're gonna do the opposite of robots now. Okay. And we're gonna go from nature into paganism, deeply linked, obviously. Deeply linked. And I'm gonna do some more definition for you. Okay. Because I cannot be stopped defining things right now. Define it to me, baby. I am not gonna stop defining. So I think it could be defined in so many different ways. Okay. In so many different perceptions, in so many different points of view. I think in some sense, I think probably the most correct sense, it is just maybe a loose term to describe something that isn't Christian. So like in the past oh, those pagans where, you know, Oh, it like almost like a like it's kind of become a bit of a slur, maybe. I think some people could use it, especially in the past. Would have yeah. said, "Oh, there's bloody pagans." Because Christianity sort of is not very inclusive of other faith. It's like, oh, you don't believe Christianity? Prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in the, in the the molden days. Yeah. Um. So that's one way, or it could be interpreted as the modern worship of nature. Oh yeah. Uh. So different to Wicca, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, I've heard of Wicca. Yeah. Not 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 like a wicker chair. It's <laughs> W I C C A. Yeah, it? yeah. Uh, so it's in that sort of vibe, or it could be described to our viewpoint of the ancient druid system, which in fact weren't as mystical as we think they were. The oh. druids were just like um, folk who were just really quite the smartest and sort of made up. They, rules they, were, and stuff. they were intelligent horticulturists, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They were. They weren't like going shamala. They might do that on Saturday night, but. Most of the time, they were like, right, okay, well, I think we should do cabbages this year. But guys. It's, it's easy to it's easy to define somebody as otherworldly if it's beyond your understanding. Yeah. You know, the people that would have said that these druids were doing spells by mixing herbs and healing mm. themselves, 
just didn't understand the basic principle of, you know, if I mix X with X, then it'll actually have a positive effect on me. Yeah, like, yeah. like caffeine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, a lot of modern medicine is still informed by plants. Yeah, it's definitely. It's just uh, given fancy names. Oh, well, it wouldn't be a Katie podcast if I don't mention a film. Oh, yes, please do, uh, because I definitely won't have heard of it. <laughs> well, you've heard of the, you might have seen a bit of The Wicker Man. No, so well, pagan- I haven't seen it. The pag- paganism might be used to describe what springs to mind when we talk about The Wicker Man. So we're looking at maypoles, sacrifices, goats, you know, free love, all of that sort of stuff. I like how they easily fit together. Death, <laughs> goats, shagging. <laughs> death, death, goats and shagging. That's brilliant. That's my metal band, actually. That is my... I'm going to form that when the indie band breaks up. Geography, geography breaks up. You yeah, get a yeah. bit mature, a bit darker. And then we do, what is it, death... Goats shagging. Death goats and shagging. Death goats and shagging. Yeah. Oh, God, that's another good T-shirt idea. Yeah, that's death a good... goats shagging. Yeah, I love it. In fact, uh, in writing this, I realised my three favourite films. Yes. The Wicker Man, Jabberwocky by Terry Gilliam, mm-hmm. and The Railway Children. The Railway Children? The, ra- the Railway Children. That's not particularly pagan, though, is it? No, not in the slightest. Oh, it's okay. I was like, films. Christ, have I, have I misremembered this? <laughs> you, you really interpreted it in the yeah, wrong I was way. Like, here, Katie, where's the doing? folklore coming to that? It probably is, actually. But anyway, so, however, you could argue that a lot of countries' folklore might cover the themes of nature and paganism, but what gives it that British feel? You know, how can we tell the difference between British and Polish folklore? And I think there's a certain... In British folklore, there's a certain darkness to mm. it. I feel like Britain as a place is beautiful, but it can be stormy and it could be grey and it could be like intense. And you know, the beast of Bodmin Moor, you've got our dark cloudy skies, we're on a bog, there's a beastie hiding about, you know. Um, that's how I sort of feel that maybe it's it's the weather, it's the it's the history of paganism. In our country, it's very so much paganism of all those definitions, and that brings a sort of element of darkness and magic and spirituality to it all. But I feel like that, for me anyway, that's how I see it. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you're missing one very key one here, which is Loch Ness mm. monster. Oh goodness! But it's a monster. It's it's always yeah. it's always something to be afraid of, isn't it? It's always mm. something to be something powerful, something strong, and like you were saying, very grey, like. If it's not June to sort of August in this country, it's always grey. It is, it is. And I quite like it. As a person who's eternally too hot. Yes. Uh, I like mizzle, I like rain, I find it refreshing. Cold, crisp mornings, mm-hmm. love it, not complaining, I like the rain. But it is very deeply part of our culture, I think. Yeah, it is. It, it's like constantly talking about rain is being British. It's part of our psyche to sort of go, it's raining. Yeah. I, you know, we've all got a collection of umbrellas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that comes through into the folklore itself. You know, you've got the bury man with his spiky, uh, you've got the well dressing, oh, it's water, it's wet, it's rainy, it's 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 grey. Um, yeah. So yeah. as opposed to, let's say, Spanish. But then again, to be devil's Africa. Oh, Please, please be the advocate for the devil. There may be quite a lot of overlap with, say, European countries' folklore aesthetics, because really, you know, they had similar sort of agriculture, different ways, you know, because in the past, obviously, over history, we've all mixed and there's just been a whole mixture of people. Yeah, that's that's the audio sound for multiculturalism. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> 
if, if you blend every type of music ever produced, that's what you get. Sort yeah. of a, a turkey-based funk song. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm going to put that on my sound portfolio. Yeah, well. please do. And on my notes, uh, I have got the words, insert anti-Brexit statement here. Okay. I think it speaks for itself, though. Is that the anti-Brexit statement? Yeah, that's that's it within itself. Yeah, take that, Boris. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously say, so, you know, maybe comparing it to Polish folklore might be too similar. You might want to compare it to African folklore, which is worlds apart in some senses. You know, maybe it's similar themes of death and fertility, but, you know, aesthetically. Oh, yeah. Well, baby. Well, baby. Because although they can pick up on the same fears that every human will have, which is like death, um, weather, things like that. In Africa, if you're you know, quite early on in the history of Africa, you're not going to have any contact or understanding of what a wet, you know, Monday afternoon in Britain is. <laughs> yeah. In Man- he's not, they're not, you know, not going to Manchester, but where similarly, I couldn't, you know, demonstrate an African day. No, to definitely transform not. their sort of similar themes into the African culture. So, yeah. And again, I'm going to say this is, um, I keep saying British folklore instead of English folklore. Uh, but I do. You need. I think it's important to say there is Welsh, Scottish, and Irish folklore. So have their own identity. Do they? they so have their own vibe to them. There might be a lot of crossover, but you know, say for example, Loch Ness. But you know, you might have different sort of local crafts, or you know, I feel like it's it's important to say that you know they do have their own identity within them. And I'm not trying to be Mrs. English and say, oh, everything is um, like Manchester in the Peak District and the Lake District and England. No, um, I mean, the Welsh yeah. flag has a dragon on it, and that must come I mean, directly from folklore. The coolest um, flag exactly. of all the flags, I would say. Big up Wales. It, uh, did you see that they're recently trying to get his penis put back on the flag? Because he took it off after a certain point. Whose penis? The, the dragon's penis. Oh, okay. oh, not just like not just like... Tom Selleck's penis on the Welsh flag. <laughs> Tom Jones's penis. Tom, well, Tom Jones that, would that be needs more some representation. I don't know why I thought Tom Selleck. <laughs> He's not even Welsh. <laughs> Tom Jones. I think maybe you'll go over Tom Jones and just landed on Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm obviously thinking of Tom Selleck, who isn't that hairy chest of his. Uh, but maybe notes on a postcard of if anybody can pinpoint the answer to the different identities and culture and stuff. I think it's it could be such a deep dive, this. Um, so I'm going to take us now. Are you ready? I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I am ready. Can I, can I come out of my um, submarine in your bloodstream? Ooh, I'm gonna, I can poop you out. Go into my um, colon and I'll poop you out. Okay. This is quite the experience. This is quite the experience. All men right. would pay a lot of money for this. <laughs> oh, God, some men would, wouldn't they? they would, I mean, some men would pay to clip my toenails. In your little tent. In my little tent. <laughs> I'm still looking for that. If you'd man. like to invest in Katie's toenail tent, please get in touch if with If you'd us. just like to do it for me, that'd be great. Yeah. Do, are we are we just advertising some kind of manservant for you now? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. If, if you have a perchance for being inside the urinary tract of Katie Locke and would like to clip her toenails, please get in touch. Please get in touch. Notes in a postcard once more at our PO box, 123 Fake Street, Cumbria. Yeah. Oddity section. Are you ready? Section. I feel like we should make a bit of a. <laughs> Christ, we've booked a whole big band for this oddity section. Excuse me, I got so excited when my brass band yeah. came to play. Um, yeah, oddity section. And we're looking at contemporary folklore, aesthetics, keeping things alive but different and new and fresh and maybe not dark and gloomy. Okay. 
<laughs> Hit me with it. I'm so confused where this is going. <laughs> so am I. So am I, Vinny. This is such a vague, non-pinpointy... This is me just <laughs> rambling about random shit. This I podcast. like this stuff. Listen to me, I like this stuff. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And these are some ideas. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Folklore. I think a lot of people uh, may perceive it as maybe something from the past... Uh, or we, you know, you look at books, or you know, remains might just be a bit of Morris dancing and red sky at night. But like you say, like with your experience, people didn't see that as folklore itself. But it really does still remain, as you know, with the Bury Man, the ritual still continues. And the fact is, you know, as we've mentioned, folklore is so ever evolving and changing. The aesthetics change. So the oddity of this is that just forget everything I've just said. Yeah, I wondered where the oddity was going to come in here. I was like, yes. Yes. yes, yes. Oh, oh, forget everything. Okay. That's it. The last. <laughs> the oddity is just don't believe me. Don't just, to just me. everything I've just said. Young people are getting into it. You know, there certainly feels like there's a, a quite a big revival on the internet at the minute with folklore. And we just could just wipe it clean. And they're going to look to the past, but they're going to bring it new. They're giving it a new identity, and which is good. Absolutely. And we're looking at contemporary stuff, and it's and it's fresher. And it's not as grey, and it's maybe that's because you know it's all about the aesthetic. Um, so, is what you're trying to say is that the oddity is like there is a, a contemporary movement which is l- letting waste of what's happened in the past with folklore, almost completely modernist in style, to say, do you know what? We're just going to forget doom and gloom, and we're going to do bright and exciting. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's obviously, you know, you you, you can't keep something going without completely ignoring it but i feel like the the oddity is is the aesthetic um you know you can set all these little rules and parameters but uh really with the nature of folklore it changes so much uh it's like well i think i'll, I'll talk about these examples i've got some more examples oh got yes, some more please. examples oh, example yeah. me up so we've got some contemporary folklore folk hey i'd like to shout out and that sort of demonstrates it and i think the best one is a group called the Boss Morris, uh, and the group of women, probably all in like the twenties, thirties range, so quite mm. young women, who use traditional Morris, but add their own contemporary aesthetic to it. So, for example, they might they might still have a hanky, but it might be neon orange. Right. Um, you know, they've they've got such a distinct modern cool feel. Boss Morris, check them out on Instagram, and they and they look distinctly modern. Uh, in the way they look and the way they make their outfits, you know, they incorporate more modern dance into the Morris dancing as well. You know, <laughs> like break dancing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they they bust out a bit of a bit um, of twerking. twerking. Yeah, with like, with like the cloth in the butt. <laughs> so they're giving it that spin. They're giving it that sort of wonderful oddity of sort of going. Now nah, we're turning it on on its head. Yeah, turn it on its head. We've got Ben Edge, who's had, who recently had a, a major exhibition. Uh, of frontline folklore it's called and it's and it's a really clear modern almost illustrative technique of displaying it and it's not fusty old stuff it's sort of really nice clean sort of paintings like i think the gouache or they look gouache anyway to me and it's like Whoa. do you know what i hope he's the now this is this is going to be a joke all right i hope his exhibition was called don't push me because i'm close to ben edge <laughs> 
If he didn't call it that, then I don't know what he's doing with his life. Grandmaster Flash would be very upset with him if he oh, didn't do that. I mean, I mean, with a name called Ben Edge. Ben Edge. I mean, what is that name? a real name? Is that is I that mean, like a stage his name. name? Like like Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. Oh mate, he's Bear Grylling that. Yeah. Mate, he's Bear Grylling. Um, oh god, it's a good name that. Isn't it? Somebody, uh, maybe I shouldn't GDPR, but I was on the Zoom the other day and a lady was called Annie Sunbeams. <gasps> Annie Sunbeams. What a name! What a beautiful <sighs> name! Did and she it, like descend from heaven to she, start the she Zoom? She did float down into the screen. That does explain a lot. It might have been an angel. It was. It, I think it was because the hair was glowing in the sunshine. I like the Wonderful. idea of like an angel trying to fit in with everyday business life, but hasn't quite <laughs> figured out how humans converse. And like, my name is Annie Sunbeam. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought. I just. I've just been taken with that name. I think, fuck me, that's a good name. Uh, I've got Weird Walk. Uh, ah, I know this one. You know I know weird, this one. You know Weird Walk? It, it's a magazine. It's it's the most... I think it's just so spot on. It's a really cool zine about standing stones, walking, and folklore. But the way they tell these stories is through modern graphic design layouts, as well as the concept of mm. zines, zines. Um, so, the, again, giving it that contemporary spin of, you know, it's not a, a dusty old thing. It's it's quite a... Groovily designed, you know, it's it's pretty sort of coolly done. It's um, it uses Ekman Psych typeface, I think, mm. which is a really nice typeface from the Oh No Type Company. It is a juicy typeface. So again, we're bringing the modern stuff. So the oddity is that they're sort of bringing in other influences into the aesthetic mm. of it, modernizing what is traditionally quite a historically, even even in the past, even hundreds of years ago, these stories would have been old. Yeah. So it's told to as an old story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they're making modern story. Like uh, what I understand of Weird Walk is, it's telling its own folklore. Mm. It's it's following walks and saying, well, this is what happened, and these are these are the things we experienced, and these are the things we saw. And the, mm. I remember seeing they did one on Cairns. I remember seeing like a little graphic yes. they made for it. It was great. Yeah, really cool. So it's sort of as as the folklore evolves, the aesthetic evolves, taking an inspiration from the time and the culture of of the time, really. The time and the culture of the time. <laughs> the time and culture of the time. <laughs> I thought that was a really good point and then I mussed it up. But so yeah, I think that sort of concludes what I'm trying to say here is that yeah. Do you want a little summary? We're sort of we're we're talking clouds, we're talking slate, we're to, we're talking local flowers, we're talking ooh, mystical, moody, it's raining. But then we're saying, whoa, 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 hang on a minute, no. We're cool. We're contemporary. We're neon orange. Chicka chicka. Chicka chicka. That's not contemporary. That's um. Oh, that what? That was a TV show um where they had liposuction and stuff. What? Um, twenty years younger or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> where they would they would take what? they would take like women that were down on their life because they had lots of things in place that made them feel depressed. And they thought the solution. They had some things in place. I like how they like specifically arranged. <laughs> no, to, no, it's more. It's more they had like a job that they didn't like and a husband who didn't yes. respect them. And they were sort of like, "How do we make this woman's life better?" I know, cosmetic surgery and new clothes. Yes. And then they make her walk down like a catwalk in front of all her friends. And it, every time it, the camera cuts, you get a because it was wow. so trendy. So trendy, so hip, so new. My word, my word. Right. Since you said my word twice, it's time for listener mail. <gasps> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm very excited. Season two has had such a glow. This podcast has had a glow up. We've got listener mofo 
mail. So today's listener mail, um, and probably most days, because we've got an influx of it from a, one particular listener, is from James Ray from Stockton on Tees. Uh, would you say he was our number one fan? I would say so. I would say out of all the one fans out there, all the singular fans, <laughs> James ranks highly amongst those. Uh, and he's telling us about the um, the word I couldn't quite pronounce. So should, should we have a listen? Yeah. And pretend that it's going to listen and then we'll just react to it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And go. It's the oral tradition. It's so obviously the oral tradition. Everyone knows it's the oral tradition. Why didn't you use the right words? Okay, wow. That wow. was very informative. I feel um, like my brain is filling up this room. Thank you, James. We definitely enjoyed listening to that just I, now. The, the things you said were very important, mm. very interesting, and very enlightening to me. I very much enjoyed this audio uh, you sent in. Thank you. I think we've just uncovered the Android layer of Katie there by forcing her to <laughs> improvise a sentence. <laughs> I have enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Surprise! It's me from the Spinner's Arms! <laughs> Spinning round chunks of beer. No, that's great. And we will actually listen... Um, yeah, we will actually listen to it and play it back. And enjoy them. But, but, but for the point of that, we, we loved it, James. It we was did, great. We did. And if anybody else, any more... Well, Vinny, Vinny's got an idea of what we can call our listeners. Yes, um, we, were, we were riffing before this podcast, sorry. Riffing. I, th- I think we should call you audits. Audits, which is very cute, very is studio the gimbly. Sing- the singular term for audit, audits. oddity. I like it. So if any of you audits out there would like to send in some list mail, have your say, you can just tell us to um, stick it up our jacksie if you want. Um, send them in. All right. Tell them how to send them in, Vinny. Um, I'm not 100 confident because I haven't done it myself yet. I think it was it's I via you, the, the platform thing. Yes, you go. You find us on Anchor FM, and and, and you can record a message on there. You'll be able to see from there. If if the ever astute James Ray can figure it out, you can too. <laughs> what if James knows? Yeah, is that what you say? Yeah, let's all just ask James how it happened. Just give him a shout. You you might know him. Give him a message. Just anchor FM. Uh, yeah, there. you'll find That's, us. You'll find us. Sorted. Yeah, and with that flippant note, I suppose, do we draw this thing to a close? We should. Flippant. Thus ends the first episode of season two. Oh my goodness! It's good to be back. Back in the saddle. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. I suppose Roger Tease is back. <laughs> back again. <laughs> I think it says tell your friends, but we should go. Yeah. All right, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Way. Look at that. Beautiful. Beautifully executed.